This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. We just got back from uh, vacation. We went with our family to Palm Springs. We had the best time in Palm Springs. Palm Springs is the best. Every day you wake up by 9 a.m., it's 90 degrees. I love that. We have a good time. Played in the pool for seven straight days. Play in the pool. What's the best? Why we go to people are like, why do you guys always go to Palm Springs? We go to Palm Springs because by 6:30 p.m., the kids are asleep. It's the best part. 6.30 p.m., they're like, they can't even keep their eyes open. They're just done. And so we had a great time, played in the pool, partied, have. My goal every day, my goal every day on vacation is to have two ice creams. That's my personal goal. That's how I know I'm killing it. So one of the days, my wife, she went on a target run, because that's what you do on vacation, you have target runs. So she goes on a target run. She comes back. She comes in the house. She's like, babe, oh, my gosh, I just killed a black widow. I'm like, you killed a black what? Like, yeah, there was a black widow in the driveway, and I killed it. And I was like, that's cool. But you killed it, right? She's like, yes, I killed the black widow. I was like, okay, then we're good. A couple of days later, I was going on my target run. I got out to the car, and I looked down, and I see a healthy, full black widow. And I look at my wife and said, babe, is this the black widow you killed the other day? She's like, yeah. And I was like, why does it look so well and put together? I was like, the next time it's a black widow, smash the thing, crush the thing. She's like, okay. A couple days later, I was in the bathroom, and I walked on the kitchen, uh, on our sink in the bathroom. There was a cockroach underneath a Tupperware. It looked full and grown and happy. I went to my wife again. I said, babe, get to the bathroom. I come into the bathroom. I said, woman, is this your doing? She's like, yeah, but the cockroach is dead. I said, listen, I need more effort from you. I need more protection. I'm going to need a little bit more something from you because right now you're endangering our family. Well, I, I want to talk around the idea that the devil himself wants to do everything he can to crush your life. In fact, the Bible says in John 10, verse 10, that the evil one comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I don't know if you feel crushed today, but good news, our God is for you, so who can be against you? I don't know if you feel crushed today, but good news, if you do feel that way, God's coming close, and he wants to resuscitate your life, resuscitate your dreams, redeem you, and revive you, and renew you, and restore you. Anybody thankful today that we serve a good God? He's not against us, he's for us. I love this story. 2 Samuel chapter 11, in the springtime when kings go off to war, kings are supposed to be not at home right now. They're supposed to be out at war right now. David's like, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to chill. I've been there, done that. That's what I used to do in the early 2000s. I'm good. I'm, I'm on social media now. I don't do that no more. Y'all go ahead. I want you to write down truth number one today. Where you are determines where you're going where you position yourself and who you align yourself with where you are where your feet are set towards that determines the trajectory of your life David's supposed to be at war but he's at home David's supposed to be fighting battles but he's reclining on the couch David's supposed to be leading the troops but he's actually just having dinner with the family Always in life, be where you're supposed to be. Yeah. 
Never in life be where you're not supposed to be. Don't have feet that run to evil and don't have feet that run to laziness. Have feet that walk the good path. Have feet that go down the path that God has for your life. No, I love this. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26. Watch what it says. It says, ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be what? Established. This is not an established decision. This is a, a weird decision. This is out of character decision. This is not the norm for David. David's a battle man. He's, a, he's an army man. He's a, he's a war man. He's a winner. This is not of his character. This is not of his nature. He is not where he's supposed to be and he's going to get himself in trouble. In life, always make sure that you are where you're supposed to be. It says, so David decides, I'm not going to go to war this time, so I'm going to send Joab to go fight the battle for me. I'm going to send Joab to go do. Never send somebody to do what only you can do. Only you can be that parent. Only you can be that spouse. Only you can be that daughter. Only you can be that son. Never send somebody a, to do a job that you've been called by God to do. So he's staying at home, he's making a lazy decision, and he sent Joab to do the job. And the Bible says in the midst of the night, it's about, you ever notice how the temptation at 1 a.m. is different than the temptation at 1 p.m.? Am I the only person? <laughs> like 1 p.m., I'm eating healthy, I'm good, I'm kind to everybody. Come 1 a.m., I wake up, I'm like, is in and out still open? The temptation at night is real. It's 1 a.m. David's can't sleep, wakes up, starts walking around the roof of his house. And as he's walking around, he looks out and he sees a woman bathing and she's beautiful and her name is Bathsheba. He sees her and he's like, oh, snap. She is beautiful to behold. And he sees her and he can't look away. And all of a sudden, now watch what's happening in his heart. All of a sudden, temptation is overwhelming him. All of a sudden, lust is overwhelming him. All of a sudden, because he doesn't look away and because he entertains this thought, this is where we get ourselves into trouble as we keep looking and we keep staring. In translation, he wakes up at 1 a.m. and he starts going on to Netflix or he starts looking on Instagram. He starts looking at something he's not supposed to look at. And all of a sudden, he's overwhelmed with this, this feeling, I've got to have it, I've got to do this. So he, 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 he asks one of his servants, uh, can you go get this woman for me? Now, I love the servant's reply. Look here in verse 3. Watch as it comes on the screen. Verse number three, it says, And so David sent and inquired about the woman. And someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Translation, the servant's like, Um, sir, with all due respect, you know that woman Bathsheba. Remember her daddy is so-and-so and her husband is so-and-so, he's trying to talk David out of the decision. I want to tell you, God loves you so much, he'll start to mess with you when you're about to do something dumb. He'll start to get in your ear and talk to your spirit and give you an uneasy feeling when you're about to go down a road that's going to destroy your life. Is there anybody thankful today that the Holy Spirit is active inside of us, giving you all kinds of warning signs? Don't go do it. In fact, write down number two. Listen to the signs. 
You ever get in your car and you start driving your car and you're like, something sounds funny. It sounds funny. And then a light goes off in your dash and you got a sound and you got a, you got a, a, a warning sign now. And then you start driving it and you go, my car feels weird. There's signs going off saying you got to go get this thing checked out because the signs are telling you something's off here. Never blow past the signs that God gives you. If something feels off and feels funny and feels weird, listen to the signs of the Holy Spirit. What I love about God, God will always allow you to see the result of your decision before you make the decision. In other words, before you ever go down that road, God will show you if you do this, this is going to happen, this is going to take place, don't you do it because God will give you foresight. Somebody say amen. Watch here what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 3. It says, a prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but a simple man keeps going and suffers the punishment of the translation, say the consequences for it. In other words, a prudent man says, nah, I ain't going down to Bath and Bathsheba because I'll get in the bath and then we're going to do things that only married people do and that's not going to be good. That was funnier than y'all laugh. I'm just going to be honest because that made me laugh, okay? So it's funny if I laugh. A prudent man foresees evil. No, this is evil. This is, that's a married woman. I'm not going to do that. A foresees evil and hides himself. A simple one keeps going and blows past the warnings, blows past the signs. I love God so much. If you're dealing with a situation right now, just trust that the signs you're feeling right now are signs from God. God's speaking to you. God's talking to you. God's loving you. Say, no, 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 no. Down that road, there's a reason why you don't have a peace. There's a reason why you feel a check. There's a reason why there's, there's an uneasiness. Because wherever God is, there's peace. So the servant's like, oh, sir, I love how much you've won battle, and you're the best, and I love you, but that's a merry woman. Don't you do it, sir. And the servant's like, it's too late. David's like, it's too late. He's like, bring, bring her to me. So she comes to the castle, and they sleep together, and they, and they, they do the thing that married people do, and that happens, and it goes down in the p.m. because it's 1 a.m., and it happens. And so she goes back home, and then about a month or two later, she slides into David's DMs and says, sir, I'm pregnant. That one night that we had when you called me out of the bath and we had fun, uh, sir, just so you know, oh, king, sir, I'm pregnant. And so David sees the DM and he's like, um, this, is, this is awful. I was just wanting to have a good time and a good night, and this is not what I was going for. I just wanted to have some fun. And so now he's in a terrible situation. Write down number three. Never make a worse situation more worse. This is the worst situation. This is terrible. Never make a worse situation more worse. Like never, if you're in a game and you miss a free throw with 3.4 seconds left, the free throw's already been missed, and then all of a sudden you grab the rebound and you dribble to half court, that's mistake number two, and then somebody gets a technical foul, that's mistake three, and then a player comes on the court. Never make a worse mistake more worse. I don't know who I'm preaching to today. I felt like telling somebody. <laughs> David's like, this is, this is awful. This is, this is, and instead of coming clean, instead of being vulnerable, instead of being honest, he's like, i got to hide my mistake. A lot of us get ourselves in trouble because we try and hide already the mistakes we've made. So here's what he does. He's like, okay, this, I, I got a plan. I got, I, this is going to be perfect. He goes, okay, um, I'm going to, um, we're going to call Uriah. We're going to have Uriah. I'm so sorry. Can you come back a little bit later? 
I'm going to talk really loud, and I, 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 let's not do the keyboard part yet. I'll call you when I'm ready for you. Make some noise for Ryan. He's the best. But I want to get really loud. I'm going to yell in just a moment. It's going to be so much fun. Okay. So, so he calls for Uriah, and, and, and he, he beckons Uriah back from war because he wants to stage it and get Uriah to sleep with his wife so that it looks like he didn't get her pregnant. So this is, this is sin. This is, this is how demented sin will make you. So he, he, sends for, he sends to Joab, the commander, he says, bring me Uriah. So Uriah comes back from war. He's coming back from war, and he's standing in front of his king. And, and, and the king's like, hey, Uriah, how you doing? How you been? Good to have you home. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for your service. Hey, you know, on behalf of your country, we want to thank you for your service. Hey, on us, here's some wine, here's some bread. Why don't you go home and enjoy a great weekend with your wife? Bathsheba, right? That's her name? Um, go home and enjoy a weekend with just on behalf of your nation. We want to say thank you for your service. Uriah is such a stand-up guy. He's such a man of integrity. Watch his response. Uriah looks at the King David. He has no idea what just happened. He looks at the King David, and he goes, David, oh, my God. No, there's no way that I could ever go home right now and sleep with my wife. Do you realize we're in battle? We are, my troops are out there. My guys are out there. We're fighting. We're in the midst of war, and I can't even think about going home to be with my wife. David's like this, backfired, and I hate you. He's just like, this, this is terrible. So, so, so he's like, okay, well, give it a couple days. Think about it, okay? So he gives him the wine, gives him the food. Uriah's such a good guy. He won't even go into his house. He sleeps outside of his home. Now, all of a sudden, after a couple days, David realizes what a good guy Uriah is. So David changes the plan. He's like, I got to get rid of this guy. So literally, David writes a letter, writes a note, and sends it to Joab. He says, Joab, the next battle you go into, put Uriah on the front lines and make sure he's dead. So the couple days have gone over. So Uriah comes to see the king before he goes. David hands him a letter. He doesn't realize it's his death sentence. David hands him the letter. He goes back to Joab. He hands Joab the letter. Joab reads it. He does what the king's asked him, puts him on the front lines. And now all of a sudden, watch this. Now all of a sudden, Uriah the Hittite has been murdered. So now David, King David, the man after God's own heart, the man that's won these battles, the man that took out Goliath, he is now an adulterer and a murderer. Why is it that people that love God can do such bad things? How is it that you and I can be in church, love Jesus, and yet still have duplistic tendencies? Still have things in our character and in our nature that are so against the vows that we've made before God. David's at home and he's like, I, did, did I just do, did I just sleep with a married woman and have a guy killed? This is not me. I'm a man that loves God. I'm a church guy. I tithe. I serve. I love. I went to Girl Track. <laughs> he's just beside himself and now he's got to take care of this new baby. And watch what happens. He gets called to the carpet. God always, God loves you so much. And the Bible says he disciplines the ones that he loves. So he always wants to get things right in your world. So watch what he does here. Just look here in 2 Samuel. Now we're in chapter 12. And watch what the Bible says here. In 2 Samuel 12 it says, And the woman conceived. So she sent and told David and said, I am with child. And then David sent to Joab saying, I'm sorry, go down to verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 16. And the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and it became ill. 
And David therefore pleaded with God for the child. And David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. So the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground. But he would not, nor did he eat food with them. Then on the seventh day it came to pass that the child died. David's just, he's beside himself. I, I, how did I get myself in this situation? And the child has been struck by God. And the child is dead. He's on the ground. He's praying, God, please let this baby live. I know I've made mistakes. And the baby dies. Now, please understand the good news about Jesus and the good news about our Savior is that he came to the cross to die on our sins, for our sins, that you and I could experience the mercy and the grace of God, that we would not have to face the consequences for our ill behavior. Is there anybody grateful today that God will never punish us as our sins deserve? But I love this about God. Ryan, you can come play the keys now. I love this about God, that when David was in his lowest moment, the grief, the devastation, the t you ever been so broken you cannot eat? And he can't even eat, and he can't get up, and he has no vitality. The Bible says in Psalm 34, he says, when I acknowledged my failure to you, my vitality had been taken away like the feverish heat of the summer. I had no strength. I couldn't lift my head. But God, when I just talked to you, you came close to me and you healed me and you forgave me. Psalm 51, David says another prayer to God and he says, God, thank you that you created a new heart in me. Renewed a steadfast spirit in me you got to know today, church, write down the last thought today. God is close to the crushed. God comes to us in our worst state when nobody else will love you. Even when you don't feel like loving yourself, that's when God loves you the most. God says, I don't love you based upon your worth. I love you based upon your birth. It's not your behavior. It's not how good you are. It's not your acts of service. It's not your tithes. It's not your offerings. I love you because you're mine. I love you because I call you a son. I call you a daughter. I am for you even when you're not for yourself. He's close to the crushed. He never abandons us. He never leaves us crying out. Some of you know what it means to fill a pillow filled with tears. Not when somebody else broke your heart, but when you made decisions you're embarrassed about. God is not going, okay, time out. Get your stuff together and then I'll come back when you're good. That's how we treat two-year-olds. That's how we treat four-year-olds. God does not treat you that way. God comes close in your tears. He comes close in your crush. In fact, listen to this, this promise together. This says that we are pressed on every side. Watch this in 2 Corinthians. Look here on the screen in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, sorry, 2 Corinthians 4, 8. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. You could feel pressed, perplexed, confused, hurting, and God's going, listen, I'm going to be here now more than ever. I'm never going to abandon you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm not turning my back on you because I am a good God. I am a good father. I specialize in your crush times. I know even the devil tried to take you out, but I'm here to lift you up. 
I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the good news of Jesus Christ that I can experience reconciliation and redemption and mercy and grace and the peace of God. Come on, clap your hands if you're grateful for how good Jesus is. Let me show you this quote. Came across this quote this last week that I want to end with and conclude with today. I love this thought. No one can go back and make a brand new beginning. But anyone can start today and make a brand new ending. You can't go back and make a new beginning. But come on, anybody grateful today? Come on, you can start writing today a new ending. Come on, a new ending for your family. A new ending for your legacy. new ending for your life. Come on, let's pray together, Jesus. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.